Howdy guys, I'm Aiden of Blue Catch Productions, and welcome to Aiden on Anchor. Aiden on Anchor is a podcast focusing on my life. I'll tell you a lot about myself and hopefully provide value through experience. You're listening to episode 112, recorded on August 23rd, 2022, at exactly 12.19 p.m. And boy, let me tell you, today's episode is action-packed. We got three topics that we're going to discuss today. What are they? Well, let me tell you. First up, we're going to talk about Twitch exclusivity being dead how that affects streaming, pretty epic stuff. Number two, we're going to talk about the new Scarlet and Violet news. What are my thoughts on terastalizing? Well, I'll tell you about it. And then finally, number three, we're going to talk about my new editing gig and what that means for me, baby. All right, you ready to get started? Let's go ahead and get started with our first topic of the day, Twitch exclusivity is dead. A shocker for sure. I'm going to read a tweet from Mr. Zach Bussy. Very funny name. A name that has probably aged better with time, especially right now. (laughs) But the reason I'm reading his tweet is that he covers a lot of Twitch news, and he was the first person I saw. His tweet reads as follows. As of today, Twitch partners no longer have exclusivity requirements. Partners can stream on any platform they want. TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Trovo, etc. Multi-streaming is allowed, but only on mobile services, not direct competitors like Facebook and YouTube. So in case you don't know what multi-streaming is, it's streaming on two different platforms at the same time. Typically, you would use a tool like Restream to achieve this, where you can have a stream on Twitch and on YouTube at the same time, and it's pretty cool. Mainly, people who use this weren't an affiliate or partner on Twitch, because if you become one of those two things, you have to sign a little contract that basically says, hey, you have to stream on Twitch, and you can't stream anywhere else. Ha ha, no multi-streaming for you, hee hee. But apparently, Twitch today had emailed a bunch of people, letting people know that, hey, exclusivity requirements, if you're a partner, they don't exist anymore. The actual Twitch email went out to a bunch of partners today, and I'll just read the first paragraph of that. It says, starting today, you are now allowed to create live content on other platforms. This means that you have more flexibility to explore how to use different off-platform features to further build your community and interact with streamers off Twitch. And then a little bit further down, it says, To clarify, we do not allow simulcasting on web-based Twitch-like services that support streaming, such as YouTube or Facebook, because we believe engaging with two streams at once can lead to a suboptimal experience for your community. However, we know many of you want to use your services to grow your community, so simulcasting on short-form mobile services, such as TikTok or Instagram Live, is allowed. Which is a weird note to be that specific on, of being like, hey, we're ending exclusivity, but not quite every little bit of exclusivity. And to be fair, like I agree with their point here that streaming to two different places means that you're dealing with two different chats, so the community experience is suboptimal, but one, that's not Twitch's decision to make. If you're going to get rid of exclusivity... Leave that up to the content creator. You don't actually care about the suboptimal experience for the community. You care about other streamers going to different platforms and liking it more. It just comes off as petty, and it's totally unnecessary. If you're doing all this work, why not go ahead and finish off that last step? For two, this really only mentions partners. This doesn't mention affiliates. Apparently, from what Zach was saying and from what I've read elsewhere on Twitter, affiliates... Uh, could already stream to multiple platforms. The new thing that's introduced here is the multi-streaming aspect. So I don't think affiliates can multi-stream either. 
uh, and they don't even have the the mobile platform version that partners get where they can at least stream to TikTok or Instagram Live. I don't think affiliates have that yet. Either way, we're going to get a little bit more information about this on the 25th, which hopefully should mention more uh, officially how this impacts affiliates. Right now, this is mainly targeted toward partners who have always been exclusive from the beginning of Twitch, like way back in 2012 or 2013 or whatever. So what does all this mean, right? Well, we know for a long time now that live streaming is changing. Twitch is not the top dog anymore. Or if they are, they won't be for long. YouTube is catching up. Facebook is catching up. There are mobile platforms you can stream to. And they're constantly adding in Twitch-like features. Really, one of the things that Twitch has to do now is to compete with those other live streaming services and actually innovate. Because if they don't, then people are going to get mad or they're going to have contracts that are bought out and they'll go to other streaming platforms that respect their time a little bit more. So Twitch being the last platform that had any kind of exclusivity like that always felt like a dick move and one of their unfair advantages that they had simply for existing the longest. YouTube has never had exclusivity requirements. Facebook has never had exclusivity requirements. None of these other platforms do. It was only a thing that Twitch did, and for a long time it was unfair, especially for affiliates who were just starting to make a little bit of money. Having exclusivity requirements for them was especially shitty. Partners at least can make a little bit of that money to get some of that back, but still, it was shitty all around. And so with them getting rid of that, we now have a more open and a more competitive live streaming market where Twitch is going to lose a little bit. You know, they're hoping that this act sort of shows a little bit of goodwill and that they can keep people on Twitch for longer because of that. But going forward, they are now going to have to compete on the same level as YouTube and Facebook. They can't keep sticking their head in the sand and pretending that live streaming is how it was back in 2012. This post is kind of admitting to the fact that Twitch now has to play ball and without these unfair exclusivity requirements now, they're going to have to actually start innovating with features and making Twitch the best place to live stream, which it is for some people, but not for everybody. And I think what this also means is now live streaming is more free and more open. And because of that, we're going to see a lot more Twitch streamers start to make YouTube videos. We're going to see a lot of Twitch streamers start to make more short form content. We're going to see streaming on a variety of different platforms, and it's probably not going to be people's main focus anymore. If you were exclusive, you could always say, well, you know, I'm exclusive to Twitch, so I only stream on Twitch, and you could call that your career. But now, because you have more options, it would be stupid to only just stream on Twitch and never make any other form of content. Streaming is going to be a secondary form of content. It's not going to be the main thing you do day in and day out. And with exclusivity out the door, there won't be a reason for it anymore. So I'm obviously excited about this. I'm excited about the competition aspect of it. I'm excited personally of what I'm allowed to do now because I'm an affiliate. Can I start streaming to YouTube? Will I start streaming to YouTube? What's the plan there? I'm not entirely sure yet. We just sort of found out this information literally today on August 23rd, but it's exciting stuff. And I'm happy that live streaming is moving forward and sort of catching up to other forms of content creation um, because they're not as big as they once were. So they're going to have to compete a little bit more. So it's interesting stuff to say the least. And I figured I'd go ahead and start with that first because it is, in my opinion, the biggest news. 
Our second topic, though, has to do with Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. They revealed two trailers, one sort of showing off the world and some of the new features they have, and then another one at Worlds kind of highlighting the new elements of competitive play. And I want to go ahead and talk about that first. So their main thing that they're adding is what's called terrestrializing, which is sort of the main gimmick of the generation, similar to Dynamaxing or Mega Evolutions, where when you terrestrialize, essentially your Pokemon changes type. So if you're a grass type, you could terrestrialize, and depending on what type you get, you could be uh, water, grass, or fire, or flying, or something completely different altogether. And you can sort of change that based on what your Terra type is, which I think is a little bit more interesting. Um, it's kind of similar more to Z moves than it is to Mega Evolutions, where Z moves gave you a different attack on a certain type, which gave you more options. This changes your Pokemon's type, which I think could give you more options. It doesn't make you like inherently powerful or boost your stats, similar to a Dynamax or a Mega Evolution. It's more focused on like type matchups and that type of stuff. But that wasn't the only thing. They announced Mr. Uh, Cyclozar, a normal dragon. He's kind of a lizard, but also a bike. Sort of a earlier uh, version of what the legendaries look like. Maybe it's a, a pre-evolution or something. And then they also showed off a couple of moves. Some of these are pretty insane. You have Shed Tail, which creates a substitute and then swaps places with the Pokemon, which is kind of nuts because you essentially just get a switch and a free substitute out of it. That's kind of insane. And then they have another item called Mirror Herb that copies an opponent's stat increases. So if someone's sword stance is on you, if you have Mirror Herb, you now copy that sword stance just from an item. So you don't have to use like a, a move for it at all. And then there was another crazy one too that they showed. Uh, yeah, Loaded Dice, which makes multi-strike moves more likely to hit. So something like Bullet Seed on Breloom, which was already kind of cracked, now is a little bit more cracked. So... All of this is kind of leading to show that like competitive Pokemon is being thought about in Scarlet and Violet. And now that we're moving away from Dynamaxing, which I don't think was a feature that I particularly enjoyed, not in a story perspective and most certainly not in a competitive perspective, I think this is a better replacement for it. Although I still do wish that Pokemon in general would stop relying on these crazy-ass new battle mechanics every generation when a lot of the early generations were, in my opinion, far more balanced and had less crazy-ass changes. Like, Gen 1 to Gen 2, you know, you added a special and, and physical. And then Gen 3, you know, you added abilities. And Gen 4 is physical special split for moves and all that type of stuff. Gen 5 had, like, triple battles. And Gen 3 had double battles. And ever since, like, Gen 6, they've had to keep reinventing the wheel which unfortunately means that if you like one of these gimmicks or one of these mechanics, they're gone by the next generation anyway. So none of them really like stay or stick around. And I don't know if terrestrializing is going to be the one that sticks either. You know, they're probably going to change it when they go to another region. So it just makes every generation of battling ever since Gen 6 feel more gimmicky and specialized in a way that uh, I don't really like and that I think isn't as balanced as previous generations. Hopefully, terrestrializing sort of fixes that. I do like that it doesn't affect power level necessarily. It's just changing your type around. But we'll have to wait and see. Obviously, the game's not out. But I'm excited about the competitive stuff. And then they had another trailer a while back showing a couple of other uh, features in some of the world. There's like two or three different main stories you can follow, which is sort of fascinating. 
hopefully it's good, man. I don't know. It, it still looks like there's a lot of polishing that needs to be done. I'm not sure if the other sort of single-player content outside the gym battles is going to be as well thought out. But the characters look interesting. The region looks interesting. I've been a fan of most of the general Pokemon. It's just uh, the Pokemon news cycle as it is is always an exhausting process and ultimately uh, a misleading one. I can be really hyped for a Pokemon game and be shown some incredible stuff and then have it be so poorly executed and vice versa, where I'm really worried about a game from its marketing like Legends Arceus and then I end up playing that and it turns out to be great, right? So you can never really know just by watching these kind of trailers and they give you so many back-to-back -back in succession. It's just a mess. It's just a mess to follow all the time, but... I'm interested in Scarlet and Violet. I still have to finish Legends Arceus on stream before I can even play it, but it comes out in November. So we'll wait and see if it's any good. I hope it's good. Uh, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see, but figured I'd give you an update on that. Last but not least, I want to talk about a uh, new editing opportunity that I have. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I've been editing for a client for about a year now, uh, working on tech-related videos. And a while back... I had sent him a little DM that's like, hey, you know, maybe instead of me making $25 a month per video, what if instead I get a little monthly retainer, a little bit of a salary, if you will? And he's like, oh, okay, whatever, and we'll, we'll talk about it. And so we got on a Discord call, started talking, and sure enough, he was open to it. And now I'm happy to announce that your boy is now making $300 a month for editing, baby every month and regardless of how many videos I have to edit. So if he sends me one video a month, I get $300 that month. If he sends six, I get $300 that month. Like it's always that salary regardless. So that's great for me, obviously. It gives me a sort of steady income that I can use to pay bills and stuff. $300 is not enough to live off of, obviously. But rather than what I was going to do, where I was going to look for a full-time job and then do editing part-time, what I'm probably going to do now, because I got this opportunity, is look for another bit of part-time work to uh, sort of benefit the editing, right? So I can stay here, edit if I need to, and then either find another client or do Uber, perhaps, or just find some part-time work somewhere else that's less demanding, that I can do and cover sort of the other half of bills and groceries and stuff. But that's pretty exciting news, honestly. The fact that it took like a year to get to this point and the fact that they like my editing enough to give me that opportunity is just really cool. And I'm so excited about it. And I figured I'd share it with you guys because, hey, you know, I, I remember coming on to 8 on Anchor being like, oh, I'd love to edit for somebody. And then I let everybody know, hey, I was editing for somebody, and now it's evolved into I'm making $300 a month editing videos. How cool is that? I never would have imagined in like my wildest dreams back in like 2016 when I started Blue Catch Productions and barely knew how to edit and was making like Let's Plays on Sony Vegas that I would get to the point where I could now be editing for a channel with 200K subscribers, working on tech videos in DaVinci Resolve with a new computer and everything that I've learned a lot can happen in a couple of years. And so I encourage everybody to, you know, if you're making YouTube videos and you're having fun with it, stick with it, man, because those skills can grow. You can learn. You can build a skill set. And, hey, if your channel didn't work out, you could always take those skills somewhere else. That's sort of how the Internet works, right? We kind of talked about it with the live streaming thing of, like, live streaming skills can 
move over to making videos and making videos can move over to short form and short form could maybe work into writing little short pieces and maybe you could do a podcast through there and using your editing skills to get clients for that sort of stuff or learning how to make thumbnails and then selling that as a layout or a service. There's just so many opportunities out there for creative work. And if you start working on your own creative stuff and sort of build a portfolio or a resume or build some stuff that you can show people, there's a lot of opportunities you can get, which are pretty cool, honestly. So figured I'd share that with you and uh, sort of end off this episode of Aiden on Acre on what I consider a pretty good note. But yeah, that'll be it. Those are our three major topics. I will quickly mention that if you have not already, go ahead and check out the new uh, record I put out on Blue Catch Productions on Bandcamp, a new album I made called Evergreen. It's not a comedy album. It's my first serious album. All the tracks are serious. They have a theme going throughout. There's a little bit of a story being told. Don't want to spoil it. But if you like my uh, comedy music and you like some of my more serious tracks that I put out, uh, Evergreen is for you because it's a whole album worth of it. So go ahead and check that out. Let me know what you think of it. And uh, hey, if you want, you can join the Discord. You could check out my Twitter. All those links are down in the description below. Last thing I'll mention is if you want to support the podcast, there's a little support button. You can send me some money. And uh, maybe make it on Anchor a little bit more consistent, you know? Maybe make it a little bit more weekly, perhaps, rather than once a month. I don't know. It'd be kind of cool. That's all I'm saying. All right. That's it for me, everybody. I've been Aiden of Blue Catch Productions, and I'm signing off.